This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision on a Monday, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. May 2nd, can you believe it? It's gonna be May. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great no! to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Justin Timberlake's number one fan and closest to the pin runner-up, Oh yeah, Jerem Jordan. You had to bring that up. Yeah, so we played close to the pin uh, on Bronson Kafusi. You won. Had mm-hmm. it, so you said what? 61st to, to the, the New England Patriots. Patriots. And he went 70th to the Ravens. So had it, had it, uh, 74 and a half was the line, so 75 would have been me. So congratulations on that. I did say that I didn't think Mitch Matthews would be drafted, which is I was hoping that he would be, but but I am really happy that I won't have to hear about it from you <laughs> forever until and he makes the team. The de- <laughs> no, I'm I hope that he makes the team. He signed a, a free agent contract with the Chiefs, but what what I what I am happy about is as we look at a tweet from Mitch Matthews going to be wearing red and catching passes from Ute. From Ute. <laughs> Ready. Go Chiefs. That Ute being Alex Smith. Um, that's exciting. That's ex- really exciting for guys like Mitch Matthews, and we'll tell you the other guys that sign here in a moment. And the minicamp invites, there is a difference. If, you sign as a, if you're drafted, that's one thing. If you're a free agent, that means uh, you got a shot, right? Um, and then if you're a minicamp invite, it's like, okay, you got to show up this week and in the next two weeks put in some work and get signed. But I, I wanted Mitch to be drafted, but part of me is like, Oh, thank you. Because I didn't want to hear about it from you forever. Until he makes the team. And that officially ends the elite conversation, by the way. <laughs> Even if he had been drafted, I don't think that everyone's drafted as an elite receiver. But that officially, officially ends it. I am the winner. I have, I have won. I have won the elite conversation. I have won. I love that Jerem has, has declared over. self-declaration of his victory. It is over. I won. Congratulations! I'm so to me. glad that you never gloat about anything. I'm just tired of being right and not getting any credit for it. <laughs> like I call, I call things how I see them, and I it happens. And yes. keep going, yeah. I grew up on Sell the mean us, streets Jerem. of West Jordan. Sell it to us. A middle class family with sugared cereals at age 12, and here I am. I have made it. I called my shot, and boom goes the dynamite. Seacrest out. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. That was not an elite celebration. (laughs) Your mom. (laughs) Leave the mothers out of this. Leave the mothers out. No touching of the hands of the hair and face, and that's it! Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Baltimore Ravens drafted Bronson Cafusi with the 70th overall pick. I wore purple. Third round, seventh pick. Bronson will join us in Studio B in roughly 25 minutes. Here's to you, Dennis Pitta. Three Cougars signed free agent contracts. Mitch Matthews with the Chiefs, as mentioned. No relation, Riker Matthews with the Saints. And Manoa Pikula with the Packers. That one kind of came out of left field. Two Cougars received mini-camp invites. Taryn Houck with the Bears. And Graham Rowley with Go Pack Go. BYU Baseball won the series two games to one against Gonzaga. And if you missed this... Listen to what happened on Saturday. The Cougars capped off a five-run ninth inning 
after trailing four to nothing going into the bottom of the ninth. Mike Little, the head baseball coach, will join us to talk about how they pulled that off, what it means to the team, and to preview tomorrow's game against Utah Valley. Oh, by the way, on BYU TV and BYU Radio, eight Eastern. And the ABCA announced its men's volleyball All Americans this morning. Ben Patch and Brendan Sander are on the first team. Jake Langlois is on the second team. Leo Durkin was honorably mentioned. No mention of the middle blockers, which is a little disappointing. Jerem has already risen and, uh, risen and shouted as he walked around the desk. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. NFL Draft Impact. Bronson Kafusi, as we just mentioned, seventh pick of the third round on Friday in the NFL Draft, 70th overall to the Baltimore Ravens. I was right! Kind of. Closer you, than Jerem. You were right. You were just closer. Whatever. Eighth defensive end drafted in the first three rounds all-time out of BYU. By the way, if you missed the stat of the day on Friday, that is the position that has been drafted the most involving BYU players in the first three rounds. How about that? At NFL Draft Scout, Matt Miller said this, Bronson Kafusi is such a Baltimore pick. Love it. Then from the Ravens Twitter account, Bronson Kafusi is a massive and versatile BYU product who can get after the quarterback, which brings us to today's Twitter question. Which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most? Why? Use the hashtag BYUSN at BHenson23. Thinking within the division, Ben Roethlisberger would be an impressive stack because of how built and elusive he is. Ben Roethlisberger. Can you imagine Kafusi chasing down Big Ben? That's uh, a, yeah, I can. Those are two large human beings. Uh, and Bronson is larger, believe it or not. Not okay. by much. The, the, uh, the quarterback that I want to see is Kirk Cousins because then Bronson Kafusi could say, You like that! On the ground. Because <laughs> never, no one's ever said that to Kirk Cousins in his life. You like that? <laughs> That's a good pick. For me, it's got to be Tom Brady. Yeah, the yeah. Ravens play against the Patriots this year. You like that, pretty year. boy? That's what he could say. Tell me you don't want to see Bronson Kafusi Deflate this! Sack. Hey, you could do all kinds of things. One of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, Tom Brady. How cool would that be? See him going after Brady. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my so pick. many jokes there. Yeah, Tom Brady, Robert Griffin the third is another notable that he will face <laughs> the Washington Redskins. Eli Manning, he's going to get sacked a lot. Yes, he, that might be the Robert best. Griffin that might be third. Bronson's first sack right there. Eli Manning, at least in the regular season. <laughs> We're not counting preseason games. This is in the regular season. I would take three sacks from Bronson. By the way, the three? Le- the leader among the Ravens returning guys was four and a half last year. Now, I would take three from a rookie. He's not going to be a starter. I don't think right away. There's more to that. Baltimore as a team is. Quite frankly, getting old. They need some youth, especially to rush the quarterback. That became more and more evident last year, and that is the segue we want as we go to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Baltimore was 30th in the NFL in sacks last year with 24. 30th out of 32, so third worst team in the league. In, in sacks. So D- didn't Fussy the NFL sack leader there. have like 15 by his lonesome? <laughs> yeah, Baltimore had 24, 24 as, a as a team. This is not your, your mother's Baltimore, right? This isn't the 3 team that was unbelievable and Trent Dilfer had to pull a, what Peyton Manning did last year and uh, hand the ball off, right, to win, to win the championship, to win the uh, Super Bowl. So Bronson Fusi adds a nice element to this team. I don't see him as a starter right away, but I see him as a backup that can get in the game and have an impact. 
We've seen his versatility, played linebacker for a full year. They run a 3-4, but there's a hybrid element to it. And you do have guys like Terrell Suggs, Elvis Doomerville. Um, so there's some serious vets uh, that you're familiar with. But I see Bronson Kofusi making an impact. A couple of sacks, I'm hoping for two or three next year. A couple fumble recoveries, maybe a pick. We, uh, he has good hands in space. Hopefully he can block a kick at some point, have an impact uh, since he led the nation that way. There's an opportunity for him to make an impact. ESPN NFL draft expert Mel Kuyper said the following during draft coverage when Bronson had his name called. Quote, what didn't he do this past year? What I love about Kafusi, he is relentless. He's in a division with Roethlisberger and Andy Dalton, so you've got to get heat on the quarterback, and you need these young pass rushers. Obviously, young being the operative word right there. He's 24, so he's probably like you know a second or third year player in that sense. Um, but so young as in a rookie, but he's not young compared to the other guys. What are the expectations? that you all have for Bronson Kafusi as a rookie. What are his own expectations? We will ask him in about 20 minutes when he joins us in Studio B. By the way, the number of sacks most by an NFL rookie last year was eight. The next closest was six. Jeremy, you said you'd be cool with three or four? Oh, no, no, no. I'd, I'd be cool with three. Three, okay. He, I don't see him as a starter in year one, barring injury to the guys in front of him. I see him competing right, right now. On the depth chart uh, from OurLabs.com, which is a Ravens uh, fan site, he is a third stringer uh, on that team right now. So it's early. It's, it's May 2nd. But we'll talk to Bronson coming up. What does he expect from himself? Bronson being a third-round pick and being young and that team needing pass rushers, there's a good chance he could start. There's a good chance that he could start for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't see it right away. I, I, I think that he needs to come in and uh, work his way into that system figure out the playbook. He, it could be a starter this season at some point. That's why I'm saying I'll take a couple of sacks this year. It's hard to get sacks in the NFL, like really hard. So if he gets three this year, I, I think that's a good season. It's, don't expect he's – he's really good, but Ziggy is the anomaly, right? Ziggy has been unbelievable. Ziggy was almost the NFL rookie of the year. Yeah, which, by the way, the Lions picked up the fifth-year option on Ziggy Ansah, so – why wouldn't they, of course, but that, that uh, reported by at Lions underscore insider today. Bronson Kafusi joins former BYU athletes Dennis Pitta and DeAndre Wesley oh boy. as members of the Baltimore Ravens. There are also three Utah <laughs> Utes on that team Let's with Steve Eric Smith, Weddle, yeah. Steve Smith, and Kalen Clay. Yeah. So Six that's be... players out of Utah and BYU on the Baltimore Ravens. And I believe that Bronson Kafusi was you know, a kid when Steve Kafusi was at Utah. Um, so he would have some relationship with Steve Smith to some degree. So that's cool because DeAndre Wesley is an undrafted free agent that has made it with the Ravens, which is great. And then, of course, there's Dennis Pitta, who wants my spot on this show. But fortunately, John Harbaugh on Saturday on NFL Network said that Dennis is close to 100%. So I don't quite have to update my resume on LinkedIn at this point, I believe. <laughs> You're safe for another year. Yeah, it I'm, would I'm, seem. I'm good for another year. Or I'll switch him and play tight end Before in the, the Pitta takeover. My hips are fine. We'll ask Bronson Kafusi what John Harbaugh said to him on the phone when he joins us in Studio B in just a little bit. Our Twitter question, which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most and why? But before that, which quarterback do you want to see Corbin Kafusi sack the most and why? Hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats! 124! 
124 days away from BYU and Arizona to kick off the college football season. We didn't discuss that. I said 124. Is that all right? You went rogue. Fo-fo. You've gone rogue twice today. You've already unplugged it's once. It's just the beginning. Walked around the entire it's just, set. It's just the beginning. This is malarkey, Jerem. I'm, I'll be gone three days this week. It's all good. Which quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most and why? At Laser Sheep says Travis Wilson. Oh, wait. <laughs> Never mind. That's funny. Hey, Utah only had one draft pick, too, so I didn't feel as bad. You know who had multiple? Utah State. You know who had multiple? Southern, Southern Utah. Utah. Had two. Ed Lamb's Southern Utah Thunderbirds had two NFL draft picks. That's pretty good. At M. Bruce Fillmore. Russell Wilson, for Jerem's sake. But he called him Rusty Wilson. Rusty Wilson? Really? <laughs> really? Two Super Bowls? Rusty? Well, he's won one Super Bowl. Been to two. Yeah, been to two. I didn't say one two Super Bowl. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were... Been to two, You were man. alluding to the fact that by saying two, he'd won two. Bronson Kafusi <laughs> will join us in 20 minutes. But next, a man who lost, I don't know, four or five years off his life over the weekend. But they got the win. Mike Littlewood in studio next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, tomorrow night, the Bad Cats are back at it. The Mustache Mafia, kind of. Uh... 8 Eastern time against Utah Valley, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's always a good day to wear Royal, but I specifically chose Royal because of what BYU baseball pulled off on Saturday in the Royals. Unbelievable stuff. Joining us now to talk about that comeback win is the BYU baseball coach, Mike Littlewood. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations on uh, one of the more remarkable late-inning victories that uh, I've ever seen in college baseball. Well, thank you. It was... I, it was unbelievable. It really was. We were just talking. It was with one out. You know, we get Clough on with, uh, to lead us off, who was a pinch hitter, did a great job. I mean, a freshman coming in in that situation against the, their closer, submarine guy, 89-91, just to have the moxie to get in there and get on base for us somehow and, and uh, every guy just to get it done. It was pretty unbelievable. With, with everything at stake, I mean, we, I, I've had comebacks before, but not to this magnitude with first place on the line. A, a birth of the tournament on the line, RPI, um, head-to-head, like, tiebreaker. I mean, everything was on the line, and, and I was really empathetic for Gonzaga to some degree because they beat us for eight and a half innings, but we'll take the win, no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you were down one nothing, 2 nothing, even 3 nothing. You're down 4-0. to zero. So what are your emotions going into that inning? Anger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't... I just wasn't really happy with the way we played. We were down 1-0 for like six innings, but it felt like it was 10-0. to, 10 to zero. Uh, You know, we get a guy on third base, and, and Chauncey strikes out, which he doesn't do a whole lot early in the game, and then Shaver does the same thing in the middle innings when he could have tied it up, and he never does that. You know, it, it, they always come through. So there's a sense of frustration, but there's so many lessons to be learned by this. Persevere, plug away, grind it out, all those catchphrases that we use. Uh, and, and you never know. That's why you play nine innings, and I'm sure glad baseball's nine and not seven. I thought one of the more spectacular plays I saw during that comeback uh, was the slide by Nate Favero yeah. 
to tie the game up at four apiece. Uh, what are you thinking when you're telling him to round the base and try and tie this game up with one out? I'm, I'm thinking he, I'm, I'm hoping he's safe so I don't look like a total idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but my thought was if he gets thrown out, we still have the tying run on third um, and, and maybe the go-ahead on second, although our, our runner didn't go. And the one thing after looking at the video, I'm thinking, man, Nate, your legs are like five feet long. Slide, slide, you know, feet first and get your legs in there. But it was a, it was a great slide after looking at it. I, I think it's probably the only slide that the umpire, it gave the umpire a great view of just the hand and the, and the glove coming. I think that was the only way he would have been safe. And their left fielder on Thursday night, you know, he couldn't throw. I mean, he just, he couldn't throw the ball from left field because he had a big bandage on his finger and he got better. He threw Hayden out on Friday night and made two good throws. And I, we were just crossing our fingers that his finger was still hurt, and it wasn't hurt that bad because that was a pretty darn good throw. How did your emotions change as you saw that maybe a comeback was possible? Well, I, you know, I, I don't show too many emotions. In fact, uh, we had an older guy, 81 years old, who graduated, I think, that was out throwing out the first pitch the other day, and he goes, oh, are you Coach Little? And I said, yeah, and he said, you need to smile more. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, I think I'm – we teach even keel we just preach be even keel even keel and that's what we try to do but inside you're like oh man we're a hit away you know we're another base runner away and you start when you get a guy on when yuri got the hit it's like we can do this and then it's and then it's you get that hope up that where the disappointment would be even worse now if you lose because you're going in four zero you're almost thinking "Eh, it's going to take a miracle which happened um but when you get a couple of guys on and it's four to two you're like if we We don't win if we don't win now it's going to be really, really disappointing. I said last week that I really felt like BYU needed to win this series because you lost the series to St. Mary's, you lost the series to Creighton at home, just to kind of flip the script, turn the page, get confidence back. And I said that I, I thought you needed to win this series to get the mojo you needed to win the regular season conference championship. Do you think, I mean, do you agree with what I said? I know mathematically speaking, like, you're not out of it, but yeah. I just, the mojo that you picked up from that is amazing. I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, and we, we, we knew coming into this series that it was a huge series. There's, we didn't shy away from that, just like we don't shy away from Utah as a, a big game, and Utah Valley is always a big game for us. We faced it head on. Um, you know, and after we beat them up on Thursday, they kind of took it to us on Friday, and honestly, with our mindset and our pitching staff right now, our, everybody thinks that, oh, pitch, the pitchers didn't step up. Our pitchers really did step up. We held a really good hitting team to four runs. They were good on Saturday. And they gave us a chance to win. Um, you know, if that's six, seven, eight runs, we're not going to score six, seven, eight runs in, in the ninth inning, you know, maybe one in a million times. And so our pitchers actually did a, did a nice job. We pieced it together, Riley Gates, a couple Mason Marshall a couple. I mean, Bo Burrup a couple. Jordan Wood a couple outs. We did, we did what we needed to do to win that game, and, and so that's what we're going to have to do the rest of the way. What role did Maverick Buffo's rally caps have in this? <laughs> it was the difference. <laughs> Clearly it was a difference. I mean, I told him, even though he's hurt, he may travel <laughs> if we have a spot, <laughs> just in case we're behind in the ninth. Yeah, so it uh, – you remember him last year doing that, and, and describe, against Pepperdine. Describe what we're talking about for the radio audience here. Well, you, you got three three idiots in there trying to stack some hats on a guy. So. <laughs> He's got like twenty hats on his head. Yeah, it's it's awesome. That's one of the weird things about baseball. You can you know you can't do that in football and basketball. I mean, yeah. they they tr- throw you out of there. Yeah, so. <laughs> He's found use despite being yeah. injured. I don't know how many, but that's, that's pretty impressive. That might be more impressive than the win right there, how many he could put on his head. Have we checked? That's quite a statement you just made. Have we checked about the world record for caps? That's got to be close. On a head. It has to be close. Maverick wow. Buffo, wow. you have a new uh, ambition in life. We're, we're giving it to you if you haven't thought about it right now. 
What does the, I mean, what's the response like from your family and from your wife when you go home after a game like that? What do you, do you just need to like, I need to take like a three hour nap. Like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, um, played with grandkids because they were there. I mean, it really, I, I, I feel like the, the more mature I get as a coach, I can separate a little bit more. And I mean, I remember when I was coaching at Alta High School when I first started, I was 26 years old. And I mean, I would carry a loss for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, a, a loss until, at least until the next game. And I, I've learned that it's not life or death. It's close, but it's not total life or death. And I think my wife said, finally, the guy's played well, you know, or something like that. She's got no sympathy for us at all. <laughs> hey, let's get a W. That's what we need. Yeah. Does it, nothing else matters. Yeah. <laughs> so Up to number uh, 39 in the RPI, leading the West Coast Conference, tied with St. Mary's right now for the lead. Uh, how do you feel about where you're at since you got your 30th win um, before you even got to May? Yeah, I mean, obviously we feel great about where we're at. Um, it, it feels like we're kind of, you know, limping in a little bit, like the marathon runner who has a, a sprained ankle has about t- five, six more miles to go. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, hopefully we get Connor Williams back. Uh, he has an MRI today, and if he's clear, then he'll, he'll get back just to chew up some innings like that. But, you know, it's hard to tell RPI – where you're going to get an at-large bid or not. I, I just don't know. I think not even the people on the committee really know what, what that's like until they get in the room and they look at, look at everything. But I sure think we've built a pretty darn good resume for ourselves. And we want to, we want to win the league, win the tournament. We, that's, that's still our goal. We don't want to have to rely on somebody else to, to put us in the tournament as an at-large bid. I know not every team has played the same number of games. Some have played 21. Uh, in BYU's case, you've played 18 conference games. But there are seven teams in the West Coast Conference that have double-figure wins. Yeah, it's tight. And so you have 12, and you are tied for the lead right now. But San Diego's in seventh, and they've got 10 victories. What does that say to the overall, I guess, skill level of the West Coast Conference in baseball this year? Well, I, our conference is, is up for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think – as an overall conference, we're probably the. You look at the Big West; they're pretty good too, with Fullerton. You know, Fullerton, Santa Barbara, and those those teams are pretty good. But um, if you put us up against the pack, I think uh, we're we're probably just as good, if not a little bit better, overall as the pack. Um, and and I just feel like there's so much parity in our league. San Diego has uh, only has six games; they've got ten wins, six games to play. Uh, we have nine games to play, and um, you know we're sitting pretty decent where we're at right now with, with 12 wins. And so I think 16 is the magical number to get you in no matter what, possibly 15 depending on who, who it is. But we've got two tough road trips with Pepperdine and San Francisco. San, Fr- San Francisco didn't play well at the first year, but they're playing great baseball right now. Took St. Mary's you know, three games. They beat them once and played them really, really well the other two games. Home to uh, Utah Valley tomorrow night on BYU TV and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Pepperdine, a big series there. I noticed uh, over the weekend you guys um, – Tried to remember Riley Gates' sister, Kennedy. You want to yeah. tell us about her? Well, Thursday I get a call in the afternoon from Riley, and, and he's kind of broken up and says he needs to talk to me. And um, his sister, some tests didn't go, go well, uh, so they rushed her up to Primary Children's Hospital. And Thursday she was diagnosed with leukemia. And fortunately, she's 10 years old. Um, it, it's a, a treatable type of cancer, but she will have to go undergo chemotherapy for six to eight months, and all, the whole team's going to get uh, wristbands. Who, they'll be here tomorrow, just to wear, just to show her that um, team loves her, supports her. Somebody's thinking about her, you know. And it's going to be tough. She'll be out of school for that time, and uh, we're just thinking, thinking a lot about the the family. And I know Sue Gates, uh, Riley's mom, has got to be devastated right now. And uh, we just we want them to know that we support them and do everything we can, just uh, in a show of support by by wearing the bracelets. But our 
thoughts and prayers are definitely with the Gates family. Did that win on Saturday carry an added measure of significance because of what was going on with the Gates family and the fact that Riley started that game? I think so. I mean, you look at just um, everybody had um, her initials on our hats, and which is going to be there the rest of the season. Um, don't have any more hats to give out, so they'll you know that that'll be it's going to be with us. It's it's uh, when you're part of a a program like this, and you're we're with these guys. These guys are together, you know, five six hours a day for eight or nine months. I mean, it's truly truly a family. When something like this happens. It affects everybody, not just that that kid. And so it it really is a family atmosphere. And, you know, we feel just like we would about one of our own kids, one of our own siblings. We talked to you uh, last week uh, about Mike Rucker and the big game with Gonzaga, and they were Bush last year in the the dugout. He gets the big win. how how good is Mike Rucker right now? I mean I mean like yeah. nationally and and you you made some comments like you don't expect him to be back next year which yeah he's so good he's going to be drafted probably in the first ten rounds you think oh yeah first ten rounds I I think third to fifth round wow uh, and I would mm. think maybe a little bit sooner it only takes there's thirty teams it only takes one team to really really like you at a at a high level and so I think that if if somebody likes him in the second round they could do that I don't I look at all the you know the top pitchers in the country who are per, just uh, lists of projected drafts, and I don't understand why Mike's not a little bit higher. Might be uh, f- for a number of different reasons. One might be the West Coast Conference doesn't get this year the credit it deserves, I, I believe. But man, he's he's 93, 90, he hit 95 half dozen, 10 times. I think he's clearly a third to fifth rounder, and I think he's a kid you could send a double A right now, and he'd be he'd be really really effective. What did that win mean to Mike Rucker? Because he sent out a tweet that said, hey, the grass is greener <laughs> yeah. on the other side. Yeah. You know, did you have a conversation with him about that and what that win meant? I didn't. No. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't help at all if I had a conversation with Mike about that because he'd just be the same. Oh, it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt, felt kind of like the Niagara win. I mean, that's, the way he, that's just the way he is, and that's what makes him special. It really does. I mean, you just never know where he's at, and he, he could face the biggest – uh, game in, of his life, and he's going to be the same as as an inter squad game. It it really is what makes him special. Saw something really funny on Thursday night when uh, he got himself out of a jam in the first inning. He walked out the field and and he yawned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? I was like, somebody else said what? that to me. Yeah, is that? I mean, is that just, is that just quintessential Mike Rucker? Yeah, and I he might have been doing it on purpose, and he might not have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I've never been able to figure Mike out, uh, and, and that's probably a good thing. We noticed on your Twitter profile um, that you changed the text to this. It's at Y Baseball Coach. So at the time, you, uh, we noticed this. You had a, a thousand four hundred sixty-seven followers. Okay, methodically working my way to one million <laughs> followers. You're currently up to fifteen fifty-four. So nice. we, we sent out a tweet. Thousand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we sent we sent out a tweet to try and bump you up there. You're almost plus one hundred. Let's let's get Mike up tweet. to two thousand people. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get Mike to two thousand. Hey, I got to give props to Greg Rubel because about s- four months ago he said let's let's get him going. I mean, it was like three hundred, just like that. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know why people even care what I say. And that they obviously we proved that they don't because we have to <laughs> talk him into following me. But anyway, I, I retweet a lot of cool stuff. At <laughs> why baseball coach. Okay, follow him on Twitter. Follow at Y Baseball. Let's get him to 2,000. You're going to have to be a major league manager to get a million. Yeah, probably. (laughs) You've got to get to 2,000 before you get to a million. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) 
Okay, so we uh, we've had our research team behind the scenes working they're, on. They're some really good. There's about twenty. Really of them. <laughs> important stuff about hat stacking and the yeah. world record that's yeah. involved there. Nathaniel Thomas Holman wore 35 hats at one time. He sported 23 baseball caps, seven wool hats, two English style cloth caps, two sombreros, <laughs> and one ski mask, and a partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> You shouldn't even count that. 35. The, the knit caps and the ski masks, you shouldn't even yeah, count that. On. That doesn't even... That I was mean, in 09 in that? Illinois. The world record attempt was performed on June 28th, 09 in Glendale Heights, Illinois. Colin Holman was present as a witness. So Maverick Buffalo needs to do this, and Mike Little yeah. needs to be the witness of this. Oh, uh, easy. We can, we can do it. I know we can do it. There were 19, we're told. I was trying to Maverick count them, <laughs> but I kept yeah. losing count. Mav yeah. had 19. 19. So yeah. we, can, we can get five more on there. Yeah. Let's go. We could double that. <laughs> Easy. Let's go. Hey, NCAA regional and the hat record. Those are the goals. <laughs> Let's of go, go BYU baseball. Coach, uh, congratulations again on a remarkable, memorable victory Ooh. on Saturday, and good luck against Utah Valley tomorrow. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Mike Littlewood in Studio B. Our Twitter question today, back to football. Which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most? Why don't we ask Bronson that question and see what he thinks about it as well as his expectations at the next level? This is BYU Sports Nation. We can get the hat record. We can do this. Let's do it. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. As mentioned, men's volleyball in the NCAA tournament uh, coming up Thursday, the national semifinal, 8 Eastern time. We're going to do that on BYU Radio. I'm going to be there. I'm going to call that on BYU Radio, one-man bandit. I'm going to have a harmonica and a trumpet and a tuba, the whole thing. It's going to be great. Thursday, 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio. It's going to be a ton of fun at Penn State. Yeah, I'm so glad you get to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, during the football season, I'm here the whole time, and you're out on the road having a great time. I go to one little volleyball match, and you're like, ah! Oh, one little national championship yeah. weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Baltimore Ravens drafted Bronson Kafusi with the 70th overall pick in the third round of the NFL draft that went down on Friday night. Bronson will join us in just a moment. Three Cougars signed free agent contracts. Mitch Matthews with the Chiefs, Riker Matthews with the Saints, and Manoa Pikula with the Packers. Two other Cougars received mini-camp invites. Taron Houck with the Bears and Graham Rowley with the Packers. BYU baseball won the series two games to one against Gonzaga, capped off by a five-run ninth inning on Saturday. They were trailing the Zags four to nothing going into the ninth. BYU hosts Utah Valley tomorrow, eight Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That was crazy, and if you just missed it, Mike Littlewood uh, joined us in the previous segment. And the ABCA announced its men's volleyball All-Americans this morning. Ben Patch and Brendan Sander are our first-team All-Americans. Jake Langlois is on the second team, and Leo Durkin was honorably mentioned. Jake's a second-teamer. What a slacker. Yeah, and neither middle blocker got mentioned in there for BYU. What? Such a good team. Twitter question today. Which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most? Think about that for a moment, and let's bring in the man himself, the one of the newest members of the Baltimore Ravens, Bronson Kafusi. Yeah. Congratulations, Bronson. Welcome thanks. to Studio B as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Purple for the Ravens. Do you appreciate that? Oh, I love it. Yep. Okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah. What was your immediate reaction the second you found out you're going to Baltimore? Man, I was, uh, you know, law, I mean, lost for words, but excited at the same time. So uh, I felt, you know, a lot of gratitude. You know, I was telling 
you know, when I was talking to uh, the Ravens organization on the phone, I was just telling them, thank you, you know, can't wait to get to work. So it was just overall good feelings. Did they put John Harbaugh on the phone? Did you talk to him in that moment? Yes, yes, I talked to John, and uh, I mean, he was, you know, just energized and excited about it. When you heard Ravens, what what was – what were the thoughts that went through your head when you when you heard Baltimore Ravens? Uh, defense. That's really what I thought about. <laughs> I was like, perfect. This is a defensive team, and uh, you know, I know Baltimore they love their defense. So, uh, you know, I just thought about Ray Lewis, Suggs, you know, some, you know, Haloti played there, Nata. So, all all those guys. So, when did you find out, and when did the rest of the general public find out that you were going to Baltimore? I found out just probably about five minutes before everyone else. So, uh, yeah, every, when they announced it, I mean, I had just barely found out just, you know, a little bit right before that. How did you manage uh, your phone in that moment? Because if I'm your friend, I'm like bugging you during the whole second or third round, calling you just to make you think that it's a <laughs> that team is or something. such a Jerem thing to yeah. do. So, so how did you manage your phone where you get you tell your friends, hey, don't call me during this time period? Uh, I didn't tell anyone anything, so anyone could have called me, but <laughs> like uh, my dad called me just to be he was sitting on the couch and he called me <laughs> as, as, as a joke. And I, I knew I was like I was waiting for it. Uh, that's something he would do. That's hey, something he would do. Hey, this is Bill from the uh, Patriots. So I'd like to slap you. Uh. Oh my goodness! See, I would expect something like that from Corbin, but your dad was the one that yeah, oh, yeah. first. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Have Dennis Pitta and DeAndre Wesley reached out to you yet? Uh, I haven't had the chance to talk to them. Maybe they texted me or something. Uh, I I just don't have their numbers in, in my phone, so. Uh, but I'm sure I'll see them on on Thursday. When After it happened, was your phone just get exploding? Yeah, it was going crazy. <laughs> so they could have texted you, but you don't know it because you're not going to reply back to the number you don't have, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's can't wait to, thing to do. Can't wait to have you here. It's going to be so fun. My hips feel great. You're like, that might be Dennis. <laughs> I'm not sure, though. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I heard that you have a family member who's a huge Ra- Ravens fan already. So who is it and how did he react uh, in that moment? Uh, it's my cousin, Mitch. And uh, he uh, he was watching the draft, and when they announced my name, he had a you know a Kafusi '90 BYU jersey on, and then the Ravens came up. He ran over and grabbed his Ray Lewis jersey and took off his Ray jersey as fast as he could and just put on his Ravens jersey as fast as he could. Started cheering. It was, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Bronson Kafusi with us in Studio B, just drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the third round on Friday night. When you think about what, how you fit in to Baltimore's scheme, what kind of expectations do you have for yourself in your rookie season? Oh, for me, uh, I just need to get after the quarterback. And, you know, that's, that's probably the main thing. If I can do that, uh, I mean, um, things will just get better and better. <laughs> I believe that the Ravens run kind of this hybrid 4-3-3-4, which almost plays perfectly into your skill set because you were put at linebacker for an entire season. So but how, how good of a fit is this for you in your opinion it's a great fit for me uh i, I mean after going uh there and getting an introduction to their defense it's just it's just awesome for me i'm gonna you know they're gonna use my skill set and i'm gonna be able to you know, get off the ball a lot and um, really wreck a lot of havoc our twitter question today is which nfl quarterback do you want to see bronson kafusi sack the most <laughs> which quarterback do you want to uh, sack the most bronson uh, whoever, whatever quarterback's in the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I want to get the most. <laughs> That's a good answer. In, in the division you play in, the weather tends to be um, you know, extreme at times, especially when you're going to play in you know, November, December, or January. I, what, what's that going to be like? 
for you playing in that kind of weather, in your opinion? Oh, man. I I mean, I'll love it just because that's football weather. And so uh, I think, you know, it's fun to see everyone, you know, all the fans and everyone there. They're all out there freezing, but, you know, cheering. And uh, for me, I mean, it's just another game, another time to sack the quarterback. <laughs> Have you thought about the schedule at all in terms of like, okay, it's awesome to play in Baltimore uh, in front of the hometown fans, but road games, I mean, against teams like, the Cleveland Browns, you know, with how much football tradition and how crazy passionate those fans are in New York against the Giants, uh, at Pittsburgh and Heinz Field. I mean, have, have you had time to think about those different scenarios and whatnot? Not too much. I haven't really thought about it that much. Um, you know, I've just been thinking about, uh, you know, the defense, the scheme, and, you know, just can't wait to go and really just learn everything. <laughs> What's your current uh, car right now? My current It's a little Explorer. Yeah, about uh, like ninety six. <laughs> yeah, is, is that still going to be your car soon? What's, <laughs> what's the stitch there? Got to keep that forever until it, until it dies. I call it Dora the Explorer. So <laughs> she's doing pretty good. <laughs> I, I think Kawhi Leonard still has some beat, you know, rundown car, or whatever. What's going to be your first purchase with <laughs> with the since you're like a new millionaire here? Oh, oh man, I don't even know. I don't even you have to ask my wife if it comes to cars or something like that. I'm just. I mean, I spend most of my money on food, so that's the real. That's the real question. What will Hillary's first expenditure be? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what What are you okay with her getting? Oh, like, like signing bonus. Okay, let's get something nice. You know. Oh yeah, uh, we'll probably have to get a car because Dora isn't going to make it across America. Yeah, yeah, she'll die before that. What's, does, does Corbin inherit Dora the Explorer yeah. now? <laughs> He's got a nice car. Uh, I just. I. I don't know. Maybe I'll. I'll let him watch. Okay. Watch what, it while I'm gone. <laughs> okay. What kind of car does Corbin have? I think it's like a Honda Accord or something. He fits into a Honda Accord? <laughs> yeah, somehow. I don't know. What? I don't know. Yeah, he, Seats all the way back? Yeah. He's he in the back row? Yeah, he what? just leans back. He's like, <laughs> now, you've been to Baltimore and back, right? Yes. In the past few years. Okay, what was that trip like? Oh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was fast, but I mean, I got there and um, it got introduced to all the coaches the organization uh was able to talk to my position coach watch a lot of film and uh you know able to get the playbook um so they just set me up with a bunch of things saw the facility awesome facility uh you know top notch and you know just, when i was out there just getting really excited just can't wait to get out there and get to work what'd you learn about their vision for you uh you know they want me to, i'll be a versatile player in their defense so i'll be you know similar to here moving around outside inside i mean um, really whatever they need me. So I think it's going to be great. Kamalea Correa, Boise State, was drafted in the second round. He's a guy that you've played the last couple of years. Mm. Did you have any contact with him? No, he wasn't, he wasn't there. Mm. Second round picks don't have to interact with third round picks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we need some Baltimore Ravens swag for the set, Bronson. Do you think we can, uh, we can get that hooked up, man? <laughs> oh, I have to. Like a, like a game-worn glove or something in the season. <laughs> yeah, a nice bright purple one. Yeah, there that, you would, go. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> what kind of a football player will your brother Corbin Kafusi be for BYU? Uh, in this defense, I mean, he's he'll get to be just an attacking defensive end, long. He'll be able to bat down a lot of passes. He's so long, he'll be able to get after the quarterback. Uh, I think he'll – I mean, he's going to give the other team – uh, you know, they'll be always having to think about where he's at just because his size and speed and 
all those things. It's one thing to deal with you at six seven, but uh, him at six ten is is just that much more of a factor, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Teams will quarterbacks will hate him <laughs> <laughs> in a great way. What's what's the schedule like for you when you uh, when you go to Baltimore and then uh, what what happens this summer with you? Yeah. So I'll leave to Baltimore on. Um, at the end of this week, be out there uh, during their OTAs training, and then come back for a little while and uh, go back out and um, get into it. How much of a break do you have this summer? Um, I think a couple weeks. So, but really, there's no break. So, yeah, you, just, <laughs> you hit the ground running. Yeah. What was the funniest tweet or text or social media bit that you saw about yourself in relation to the draft in Baltimore? Oh, man. Uh, I mean that video of my cousin was really funny. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh man, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But that video is just that was a funny video. That's <laughs> Bronson. We wish you congratulations on uh, being drafted in the third round uh, by the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, I don't have you signed our new stretch Y flag. I can't oh, remember if you've been in here since we switched it. I don't know. I don't think I have. About, even if he signed it, how about we have Bronson Kafusi Baltimore Ravens sign it? Oh, yeah, we <laughs> can do a, that. He's a different man. Look at him. He's so different. <laughs> we'll have you do that during the break. And uh, how about some BYU Sports Nation karma on your trip out to Baltimore? Oh, yeah. All right, Bronson, congratulations. Thanks for the time, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so long to Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Yeah, Hillary's going to make sure he gets something better than that. Yeah, yeah, he's in, he's a millionaire, so <laughs> let's do better. Which quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kofosi sack the most? Jerem said. Cousins, you like that! I say Tom Brady. Up next, Jalen Reyes, assistant coach of number one ranked BYU Volleyball. Let's go. BYU Sports Days are presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYUSN what Live. What happened? Uh, I don't why, know. Why would you happened. miss an episode live? Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you're doing Then there. you can download the podcast. Or you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Listen, if you consume the show, that's the point, right? If it's live, that's great. If it's not, that's okay, too. It's 2016, man. Hey, our Twitter, uh, or our uh, game tomorrow, big game tomorrow, Utah Valley versus BYU, 8 Eastern time. Mike Littlewood's cool because uh, he's trying to methodically get to a million followers, as we learned. And he sees the in-state games as bigger games. There are some coaches who don't acknowledge that, right? Yes. I prefer honesty over omission, right? So he says that U- Utah Valley's a big game. So tomorrow's a big game. I'm excited. Our You're Twitter the question today, that I am, deals with... BYU and now NFL football. Which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Save Jerem. Love that Twitter at handle. At Save Jerem. That's my dude, Matt. Marcus Mariota, or Mariota, I should say. It's Mariota. We've confirmed you, you that. You have correct. a Hawaiian coming it's up. Marcus He's going to correct you. Mariota. Cardell Jones Cardell and Tom Jones. Brady. It'll show that Bronson. Can be, he can be the beast and take down national champs and NFL powerhouses. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Bronson Kofusi in the NFL. It, it's fun to watch BYU guys in the NFL, so more of those guys, please. Joining us now on BYU Sports Nation is an assistant coach for the number one ranked and number one overall seeded BYU volleyball team, Jalen Reyes. Jalen, welcome back to Studio B, man. Good to be back. Not much time before you have to head out to State College, Pennsylvania, which I hear is a really easy jaunt. Yeah, yeah you just fly right in there if you're BYU. <laughs> 
if you're Jerem, <laughs> you got to go to Pittsburgh. But is it Mariota or Mariota? Mariota. 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 Yeah. I corrected myself. Yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. Mariota. Marcus Mariota. There that's you good. go. Okay. Well, that, that's out of the way. Uh, let's get back to volleyball now. What was the last week off like for you and the team? Um, it was good. It was a chance for us to kind of, you know, get some guys some rest, um, kind of have them just kind of focusing on kind of just technical training, which was good. And, uh, you know, for, for us coaching staff, it was nice to get us, give us the week to kind of figure out logistics. So, you know, unlike Jerem, we can actually fly into State College instead of <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, and, you know, be able to kind of figure out just different logistics for the trip and also being able to get ready for, you know, probably even all five teams that we could possibly play on, uh, you know, Thursday and Saturday. To, f- to fly into uh, State College, it would have been like 1200 bucks. So I opted for the I'll drive three hours after. But hopefully hopefully there's budget, yeah, for BYU in that. Y- you have a week off. Did you, would you have preferred to play right away? Because this was the first year where the NCAA said, we're going to give you like a week and a half to make travel plans. Um, I can see it both ways, kind of pros and cons. Like it was nice having the week off to kind of just talk about, you know, just do all the things we just talked about. But um. Like, you know, we, you know, we were playing pretty well and stuff like that, so it would have been nice to play. I think it's always, that's something you can always talk about after, you know. So, like, you know, hopefully we're going to go and play well and we go and play well this week. Then, you know, next week we can say, oh, that week was great, you know. But if we don't play as well, then people are going to say, well, you know, that week hurt you guys because, you know, you, you guys were on a hot streak and then they kind of, you know, had your season on pause for a little bit. So I think it just depends. There's pros and cons for both. But at the end of the day, it's everybody had a week off, so it's not just BYU. Everybody did, so. What's the schedule like for the team practicing leading up to the tournament, and when do you leave for State College? So we'll, we'll practice this afternoon. We'll have film at 12, and then we'll practice this afternoon, and then we'll, we'll have a, like a short practice tomorrow, and then um, we hop on a bus, and the, the, the plane leaves at 12, um, 12 p.m. Tomorrow, uh, midday tomorrow, and then we'll get to State College around, I think, 6 p.m., 6, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, and... Uh, We'll just kind of go from there. We'll go to dinner, and then I think some of us might be going to just the site to watch maybe maybe watch a couple of the matches. So yeah, tomorrow uh, are, are some of the matches: Long Beach State and Erskine. We'll talk about that in a second. And then uh, George Mason and Ohio State. You mentioned prepping for up to five teams, so you, you th- likely Long Beach State. Be, be got to maybe think about Erskine a little bit, and then if you win that game, you've you've got to have some prep ready for maybe Ohio State. You've already played UCLA, so that one's kind of somewhat done to agree how hard is that for the coaching staff um it's difficult in terms of it's just weird because like you know maybe like last week was the like last week and then the week we went out to the east coast to play new jersey and uh, princeton were the only weeks we really had to get ready for like two teams on one in one week and uh it wasn't difficult it's just a little more work normally we play the same team twice so you know you friday night you you build a game plan based on their last five or six matches and then the next night you pretty much just use what they did against us the night before. So it's a unique experience. I mean, the nice thing about the MPSF tournament was it kind of prepared us for this week, playing Thursday, Saturday, that week. And now, you know, hopefully we play Thursday. Well, we're going to play Thursday, but then hopefully play on Saturday. And, uh, you know, just being able to, the, the hardest thing is just, there's a bigger quality, you know, quantity of teams. There's five instead of possibly two, you know? So I think that's, that's the difficulty, you know? So I think, I mean, the nice thing is we're only going to end up having to play one or two of them. And then, um, we'll you know watch them be able to watch them play you know some of the teams will play on we're going to play on Tuesday so they'll probably play two or three matches before you know if George Mason or Ohio State make it to the final and we happen to make it to the final you've played would, George Mason we have so we've played I think we've played every team in the final four well except Ohio State and, and Erskine so 
Before you go, Jalen, I just want to get your thoughts on the All-American selections uh, from your team. What did you think about that? How much stock do you put into that as a coach? Because I know the players are like, whatever, we want to win the national championship. Yeah, um, I think for us it's the same way. I think, you know, it kind of, you know, you be in this spot of winning the MPSF and putting yourself in a good position, that's kind of normally how you accumulate All-Americans. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm just happy for the boys. You know, I think Ben, Jake, Brendan, Leo had great years. And, uh, you know, if you were to ask them, about it they probably wouldn't want to talk about it or you know I bet some of them wouldn't even know honestly like I probably texted a couple of them this morning I texted Leo and Leo was kind of surprised like oh really you know (laughs) so I think I think that's a good thing they're focused on kind of what the goal is you know we've had numerous All-Americans here you know um, some of us have been lucky to be named All-American but you know the nice thing is is when you can you can say you won a national championship you know I can't do that and uh, I would trade my All-American um for a national championship in a heartbeat. So. It's been 12 years, BYU, trying to do that. We're going to give you our BYU Sports Nation karma to uh, do our part. Jerem's going to take an additional measure of that karma with him to State College. So uh, fingers crossed, man. Thank you. Thank you. Jalen Reyes of BYU Men's Volleyball, assistant coach, number one seeded team in all of the land. Let's go. We'll take on Erskine or Long Beach State. Long Beach State. It's probably going to be Long it. Beach Jaylen State. I'm saying it. Jalen can't say it. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> Up next... Very busy weekend, a lot of good news. It's all coming up in the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens drafted Bronson Kafusi with the 70th overall pick in the third round of the NFL draft. Friday, Spencer was closest to the pin on that pick. Mitch Matthews signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, Riker Matthews with the Saints, and Manoa Pikula with the Packers. Two Cougars received minicamp invites. Taron Houck with the Chicago Bears, Graham Rowley with the Green Bay Packers, and Lions Insider reporting the Lions have picked up the fifth-year option on Ziggy Onsen. No surprise. Baseball. Cougars won the series 2-1 against Gonzaga, capped off by a 5 run ninth inning Saturday to beat the Zags down 4 nothing in the ninth. BYU hosts Utah Valley tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. AVCA, All- AVCA All-Americans, Ben Patch, Brendan Sander, our first teamers, Jake Langlois is on the second team, Leo Durkin, an honorable mention for BYU Volleyball. Softball. Swept Pacific on the road this weekend. Lauren Bell led the team with seven RBIs in the series and had a game-winning home run in game two. Track and field. Eight different Cougars won their events at the Utah-Idaho Border Clash over the weekend, including Diamond Thomas, who won the both 100 and 200 meter. And congratulations to BYU Lacrosse, who won the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse Conference Championship. Very Nicely nice. Nicely done. Future guest Eric Mika in studio. That should be fun. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to the entire BYU baseball team. And we're going to set the world record with hats. Maverick Buffalo said he's Bumble. game for He tweeted it. that he's game. Let's he's go. game for it. Which NFL quarterback do you want to see Bronson Kafusi sack the most? And why? Our elite tweet of the day from at BYU Teddy Bear 89. Tom Brady. Let Bronson Kafusi show him the real meaning of deflated. Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> He'll start using the footballs as pillows to curl up with and cry. Okay. No. No. That was the tweet. I know. Shout out to Kevin O'Mary. We'll see you tomorrow.